imagine you're a college student and are looking for a new college to go to and you've been planning and going on college visits and just looking around colleges. So the first college that you go to, people are really friendly and everyone's really smart. It's a beautiful campus. Everything's perfect. But you see all the students smoking everywhere and high-fiving each other and just bragging about how many packs they smoked that day. You think, okay, this college is not for me. But the second college you go to, people are friendly. Everything is just the same as the other one. Beautiful campus. Everything is perfect. But you notice that all the students are unhygienic and are living on junk food. Again, you think that this college is not for me and you wouldn't want to be around those people because you tend to take the habits from them. So if you think these colleges aren't really the perfect fit for you and think that these situations are a bit weird, maybe the third one will surprise you. The third college, people are, again, it's the same thing. People are really friendly. Everyone's really smart. Beautiful campus. Everything's perfect. But here the problem is that everyone looks sleep deprived and is just falling asleep everywhere. Classes, library, dining, all, I don't know, quad or something. <laughs> so what's crazy is that I haven't seen any campuses where everyone is smoking and eating junk food and just lying around. But a campus full of people who are sleep deprived and tired describes every college that I've ever seen or heard. Actually, some high schools also, especially during the latter part of the semester. And what's interesting is that sleep deprived is actually as bad as smoking and just as bad as eating junk food. But what's so ironic is that people would probably pick the third college because the student will think, well, yeah, it looks like people actually work hard here and all of them look so tired. They must be so productive and achieving such great things in life. As someone who has no absolutely no knowledge of the science behind sleep till the time that I started preparing for this podcast, and as a hardworking college student and a friend to many hardworking college students, I found some newfound fascination to the way that we treat sleep deprivation as a society and the effects it has on the way that we work, think, eat, and even exercise to some extent. So hello guys, my name is Dhrumun Zaveri. I come from economics background and today I will be talking to you guys about uh, the way that sleep affects your day-to-day productivity and the way that you work and how efficiently you work and how amazing it is. Uh, We will also talk about the effect that naps actually have on our productivity and how some colleges and companies have adopted measures to ensure that their students and workers take a replenishing nap in order to be more productive during the work or school hours. So guys, have you ever fallen asleep somewhere where you probably shouldn't have or somewhere you were just embarrassed to get caught? Like a funny <laughs> sleeping story. Yeah, actually I had one. Like when I was when when I was like when I sat really late, mm-hmm. maybe like three or four AM, I had a, like an eight eight thirty AM class and then I just couldn't like stand. Like I knew I had to go there because I had a quiz. Mm-hmm. So I just went there, but then as soon as I took the quiz I just fell asleep. I was just zoning out. <laughs> yeah. like, I, even if the professor was explaining something, explaining some concept, like it didn't even get through my head. <laughs> I was just like, I'm so done with this class. I haven't really, I can hardly fall asleep like in anywhere other than my bed. Mm-hmm. So I can be very tired, but I haven't like fallen asleep anywhere. Kind of wish I could. Yeah, like, I mean, I guess, you know, you kind of just like zone out in like morning 8.30 classes, you know, like you're probably just like, the professor teaching something and you just see someone, you know, just like nod their head like this, like, you know, just kind of fall yeah, asleep. Yeah, I've actually seen a lot of those people. <laughs> oh, during church. That's yeah. when I can fall asleep sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what if you could take a pill that improved your productivity at work? And what if that pill were free? Oh, and what if it made you feel really, really good and improved your overall health? Would you guys like such a pill? I yeah. would. I mean, 
Unless it's like extremely expensive, and I would buy one. <laughs> well, no such pill exists. <laughs> But science suggests an alternative does. Sleep. Uh, mounting evidence suggests that a good night's sleep seriously boosts productivity. One study of 4,188 U.S. workers found significantly worse productivity performance and safety outcomes among those who slept less and estimated a $1,967 loss in productivity per worker due to poor sleep. Yet, paradoxically, what is the main driver of poor sleep? Work overload. We'll dig into the research to find, find out how much, how much sleep we need and why, we get, why, we, why we're not getting it and what we can do to improve our sleep and in turn, our productivity. And no matter how you measure it, sleep deprivation costs companies serious money and lost productivity. U.S. companies lose an estimated $60 billion due to lower productivity caused by poor sleep. And I guess one of the biggest reasons that people don't get enough sleep is because they feel they have too much to do or because they're stressed out about what they need to work on. So we're not getting enough work done because we're sleep deprived. We're not sleeping because we're not getting enough work done. And I guess the main uh, focus for uh, sleep deprivation is on college students since they're notoriously pulling off all-nighters when big papers are due or finals are just on the horizon. But sacrificing sleep has consequences. In fact, not getting enough shut-eye may take a toll on academic performance or even health issues. And it's the same as drinking too much alcohol. So a growing number of colleges are actually reaching out a hand in the form of special napping facilities to help underslept students. I mean, nap can never really replace a good night's sleep, but it can be a lifeline to those students who are camped out of the library while they study or those who communicate, uh, the, those who commute to their class and don't have enough time to go home in between. Mm. Um, snoozing for about like 20 minutes is ideal for a quick energy boost and logging a full 90 minutes allows time for a rapid eye movement or REM sleep, which we've talked about in our first podcast, so you should probably listen to that as well. And here's, uh, I'll be talking about a few, I'll give a few examples about some colleges all around the U.S. that actually provide these uh, napping places. Uh, so Wake Forest University, and it was launched in the fall of 2014. They're called Ziesta Room uh, at the Wake Forest uh, University's library. And it's designed as a technology-free space with recliners for relaxing and napping. And this, they believe, actually increased their students' grades in that particular semester when they first launched it by at least uh, 30%. And that's actually quite a lot for a college that's so good. Uh, and then there James Madison University, where um, a senior psychology major was actually the brain behind uh, the NAP Nook, which has been hosting student naps since 2013 on beanbags, <laughs> uh, chairs that are outfitted with antimicrobial pillows. Um, then there's University of Michigan that came up with um, a stage for sanity sleep environment with open 24-7 nap room, uh, which have features Uh, like elevating the leg space and a privacy dome and timer settings with music and vibrations mm. too. And this is the same concept that was also picked up by a college that's actually close to us, uh, SCAT in Savannah. Uh, they came up with the same thing as well. And, and I know since everyone our age loves sleeping but still has to hunt for jobs here and there since like we're almost all like in that particular age right now, I thought... Um, We could probably talk about some companies that provide that too. Mm. Uh, so I'm assuming that you guys have also been trying for like recruitment or stuff here and there. What would your ideal place 
be to work at? Like the environment, what would you want your environment to be? Right now, because I'm in the position of actually looking for work, so this is really relevant. Mm -hmm. I would want to work in a company that makes you feel comfortable and also like, I mean, there are a lot. Of, there's always going to be a lot of work wherever you go. Mm -hmm. But I wish, as you said, there could be like maybe like sleeping pods or like sleep like nap pods like wherever like wherever you go, so you can at least get like 20 minutes of sleep. Because even if there's like a working time, like from like nine to six, maybe mm -hmm. like a standard working time, but then sometimes you may have to work overtime. Mm -hmm. So I think that like. It's like not all employees can always work during that time. Like they may have to stay up late if they have like extra mm -hmm. projects or big projects they're going to host like next week or something. Yeah. So I think it's a good idea to actually have um, a lot of like napping pause in some stations so mm -hmm. that like employees can like sleep and then they get their, their energy gets rebooted so that they can start working again. Yeah, I would want somewhere where they value the employee's health and like don't overwork people because mm -hmm. they recognize how important sleep is. I mean, I guess those are all great points, but I guess like, I mean, sometimes it's, I mean, more companies want to focus on more of the business aspect of yeah. the business, like, I mean, of their company itself, rather than focusing on the aspect that it can actually control, like, sleeping. Like, I mean, if you have enough sleep, you'll be more productive, which ergo means that you will have more business and more profit. Mm -hmm. And going off that, uh, uh, one of the companies that actually allows you to do so is Google. Yeah, I like, think that's the most famous one. Yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. Google, like, I mean, being such a big company, and I guess now we know the reason behind it as well. Mm -hmm. uh, for most people, sleeping on the job is generally frowned upon, but evidence is mounting that an afternoon nap is a perfect cure for a post-lunch meal. Some of the top companies in the world, like Google, uh, Mercedes-Benz, mm -hmm. Zappos, are actually bringing in nap pods mm -hmm. to their offices or uh, for their employees and are seeing improved productivity in return. And we've all been there, you know, like after a long day, you wake up early to get to class, at the library or wherever you work, and you're just tired and maybe not thinking as clearly as you should and not being able to give you under 1% for that particular task. And it's only 3 o'clock, but you're still yawning already and having trouble focusing. And it's not as uncommon as you think. According to the Journal of Occupational and Environmental Medicine, 38% of American employees experience low levels of energy, poor sleep, or a feeling of fatigue during the past uh, two weeks at work when this research was done. Mm. The problem of fatigue extended beyond lost productivity. Sleep deprivation can lead to increased accidents and health problems too. Mm. I mean, there has been, like, I think it was the Exxon Valdez oil spill and the Chernobyl brass that actually caused a lot of losses to those companies. And it, it was really bad for that business. And they had to like it was almost a year that they took to actually recover all the losses that they made mm -hmm. during that also uh, and the disaster. Uh, chronic sleep deprivation can also increase risk for heart disease, high blood pressure, uh, and diabetes. Mm. So I guess I could just probably explain what these nap pause are and then we could talk about how these actually increase productivity or how you could increase productivity using like a proper schedule. So nap pods are essentially comfortable chairs with some sort of visor or door to block the outside light and minimize distractions. A leader in these pods are, uh, are Metro Metropods. Uh, they came up with the energy pod. They were the they were the first uh, they were the first company that actually came up with something like this. Mm. And it's a self-contained sleep pod that provides comfort, gentle music, and innovative technology to make a unique nap experience. 
the ergonomic design uh, elevates your legs and relaxes your lower back, which is perfect for someone who sits on a desk or like in the library all day. And the interface and built-in speakers that play a specifically composed song to drown out the background noise and ensure a restful 20-minute nap. It sounds so good. <laughs> have, you, have, you, have you guys ever used NapPod or like seen one around somewhere? Never. I've never even seen one. I want to try one though. Yeah. Yeah. I guess we should do something about it in every Yeah, we should. We need those. We'll find that uh, most of the students who use it are more productive, especially at the end of the day, and are in a better mood than their napless colleagues or students. Mm. As employers and universities to some extent continue to see the benefits of sleeping on the job, they will continue to take advantage of nap pods. I guess I used to think of sleep as a burden. Sure, I knew I had to do it, but I never wanted to, believing it deterred from productivity. And granted, now that I'm a little older and like now, you know, it's getting more serious, you know, we're all adults now. Uh, it's we've just realized how sleep actually improves performance mm-hmm. and how six to eight hours isn't always standard. I mean, you cannot always have that six to eight hours of sleep. And like most people listening to this, I don't think, I mean, I don't have a bedtime. I don't know about you guys. I don't <laughs> like, I mean, you know, like after I'm done with my work, that's when I probably go to sleep. Mm-hmm. But there's just so much going on in like our day these days it's so difficult to actually confine yourself to a regimented routine Mm -hmm. but um there are a few tips that we can actually take in order to even get enough sleep and at the same time be more productive as well it's it's all about management in a way think of sleep as a bank you have a certain amount that you need to survive and be comfortable but breaking it in a negative could be pretty detrimental of course, it's a well-known fact that you need six to eight hours of sleep, but no one said that had to be at night. In fact, there's a multitude of sleep schedules people have had. Uh, there's there, uh, there's a new model that's there. It's called a, a polyphasic mo- a method, which mm-hmm. many of you probably used even without knowing. Um, the polyphasic approach breaks your sleep into different increments. For example, sleeping for four hours a night and then taking a two, three hour nap during the day. Some people even go as extreme as breaking up their sleep in two-hour increments through a 24-hour period. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I've heard a mix, I've heard mixed <laughs> reviews on that one, so I wouldn't trust that. But um, some find it pretty beneficial temporarily when a deadline is due, but most of us uh, are used to getting six to eight hours of sleep. But it's hard to make a routine. Uh, and while taking on a, a polyphasic sleep schedule has multiple benefits, it's important to be mindful of the overall principle at hand. We need enough sleep to do well, but it's okay to break it up if it's needed. Um, now, the second tip would be to set a relative routine. And here I say relative because in this day and age, it's nearly impossible to have an ironclad set routine for our daily lives. And especially like we all being college students. However, even with a fluid schedule, it's important to keep a reasonable amount of expectation at hand. Um, REM cycles give our brain time to rest, which is crucial to maximizing productivity. But because we all pull off all-nighters at some point in the semester, um, we should uh, we should adjust our next day to fit in at least an hour or two of nap. Um, and think about this a day or two ahead of time to plan it right. Because, I mean, you can't just be like, okay, you know, I've worked too much. I'm just going to go take a nap now because then you probably won't get up and study. <laughs> um, finally, I'll note that even with being more open-ended with your sleep schedule, you probably stick to a certain amount of constraint. Drastic shifts can make you lose productivity as your body loses a sense 
of when it's tired. Additionally, you can probably say goodnight to oversleeping on weekends <laughs> as it actually can throw your entire bi biological clock off. And another suggestion I'd make is actually trying to reduce the time that it takes for you to get comfortable when you fall asleep. Mm. I've noticed that a uh, while back that when I was taking two, three hours a nap a day just to get comfortable before, like, I mean, just to get, like, comfortable. Because, you know, it's just finding that right spot where, like, you know, you can just, like, fall asleep like that. That's, that's, that's key. But, I mean, most people spend too much time on that. And... Um, I guess these are all the ways that we can actually start off with um, taking time off to actually make your schedule proper and like taking good enough sleep in actual in order to be more productive. Um, what do what do you guys think? What do you guys think? Do you do you think that these tips would help you uh, be more productive and like make a proper schedule? Yes, I think so definitely. Because I mean, sometimes. Like, you know that you have to sleep at least six to eight hours a day for you to get refreshed. But then sometimes that, that's hard. Mm -hmm. So now I know that maybe it's a good way to actually, like, sometimes um, get myself, like, break my like break my day into, like, some, some like, leave a space. Mm -hmm. Leave a time for me to, like, like, sleep maybe, like, 30 minutes, like, 20 to 30 minutes. Like, maybe, like, not, like, once, but maybe, like, twice a day so that, like, I mean, if I slept for, like, seven hours, maybe I don't even need that sleep. But mm -hmm. then if I slept for, like, only two hours, maybe yeah. I could try that mm -hmm. strategy. I think I should – I do, like, the oversleeping on weekends mm -hmm. thing. Like, yeah. sleeping in really late. So I should probably change that to get mm -hmm. a better sleep schedule. Yeah. Uh, but that's all we have for now. Um, hello guys and today we have a business school student from uh, Emory's Gazara Business School and uh, we will be talking to her about uh, the sleep practices from a perspective of a business student. Um, so uh, do you think that you get enough sleep? Yes. Yeah, I mean, uh, being an Emory student cannot be easy. And like, I mean, since you're in the business school, like, I'm assuming that it would be very hard for you to cope up with all the work that you get compared to, and not and compared to a normal Emory student. Yeah, we do get a ton of work, and it is difficult to cope. But I feel like since sleep is super important in my life, I kind of plan out my days and organize to get enough sleep. So, would you say that you get? Um, and enough uh, enough amount of sleep in your normal day like uh, and a required amount of sleep that we've already discussed previously in the podcast is approximately from eight to nine hours do you think that you reach that mark i usually reach between seven and eight hours seven and eight hours that that can't be that bad i wish we all did get some seven to eight hours of sleep um would uh, so how what what are your plans after you graduate from business school I plan on working at a, like a finance firm or probably in consulting. Finance firm, that would be a lot of work with a lot of long hours, do you feel? Yes, that is true. So you would be recruiting right now? Uh, I'm done for the semester, but yeah, next, oh, after over the summer I would be. So do you actually know that there are many companies in the US, many Fortune 500 companies rather, that actually promote the idea of napping in the office itself, they have these things called napping stations where they actually promote the idea of their employees napping since they believe that that increases productivity. Would that be something that you would be interested in? 
Yes, definitely. Because I didn't think that companies would encourage that. I was prepping myself to like kind of work on four to five hours of sleep after I'm working full time. But that sounds really cool. Because after this podcast, what we uh, Rise and Shine actually plan on doing at the Emory campus is coming up with an initiative uh, in collaboration with uh, the Emory Library Services for uh, the implementation of these napping stations at the Emory Library since we believe that um, sleep actually increases productivity and we feel that since Emory students actually take up an, uh, take up a lot of workload, uh, taking naps between classes or even when someone is pulling off an all-nighter in the library, it would actually benefit uh, them in their studies, not only in their studies but also in many uh, health factors. Would you consider using these napping stations if they're actually implemented in the library after? Yes, definitely. Like during finals week, I spend crazy hours at the library. So I feel like having a little space to nap or like just rest my mind would be super helpful. All right, that was a student from the Emory Gazetta Business School. And uh, thank you. Uh, it's time for our second interview with um, Niveed, who is a business and math double major at Emory University. And today we'll be talking to him about um, sleep and uh, how much sleep he gets having such a big workload uh, studying at a university like Emory. Uh, so Niveed, how many hours do you sleep each day? So it depends on my work, but on average around three to four hours which I feel is kind of less. Yeah, that is kind of less. I mean, the required amount uh, of sleep that each person should get each night is um, that ranges from eight to nine hours. Do you think that you would be able to achieve those hours each night? I wish because like, I feel by sleeping more, I'll be more productive, but I don't get the time because I have a heavy workload. But don't you think that not sleeping enough uh, hampers with the way that you work the next day? It does, but now I just feel like I, I, I study more in the night, so I like staying up. But then I have early classes at like 10 a.m., so I have to wake up for those. So overall, my sleep schedule is pretty, um, it's it's not that great and I get very less sleep. Uh, so this semester, the three of us, uh, the three members of the podcast, Rise and Shine, we talk about uh, sleep and the effect that it has on our body through the three different perspectives, psychology, international studies, and business. And um, since this is a business episode, I would like to talk to you about how sleep actually affects the way that you uh, work the next day. And it does it does affect you the, the way that you work the next day. If you don't get enough hours of sleep the night before, you have an important exam you would not perform as well as you would um, if you did get enough sleep the night before that, which is a study that was by Brown University. And um, does that does that change does that change the way that you would probably sleep tomorrow? Yeah, probably it does. I feel like with more sleep I would definitely be able to be more productive and be more focused in an exam especially. But well, I I can't do anything about it because um, I do study late in the nights and um, I wish to get that schedule a little more. Um, so do, you, do, you, do you usually take naps in the day, like just for a quick 15 to 20 minute nap? Do you think that helps? 
I do believe in power naps because I feel like it make me more foc. It made it, it would make me more focused and you know, um, just yeah, help me in my studying. But uh, I try to whenever I can if I'm at home. But otherwise on campus, I don't really get a location where I can take a nap apart from a coffee shop, which would be pretty uncomfortable. So, funnily enough, we rise and shine actually do believe. Uh, that napping does help us in uh, in like in productive ways and that is the reason that we are in the talk, in talks with Emory Library Services where we are talking about the implementation of napping stations or nap pods that would actually help uh, help students take a quick nap between their study hours usually at night since you already mentioned um, do you think that something like this would uh, would like something like this you would be interested in yeah, definitely. I mean, it would, it would. I hope like it would be like more like a comfortable place to nap as well as um, having that privacy while napping, rather than napping in a coffee shop with your head down. So I feel that would be a lot more accommodative. We uh, we also speak about this in uh, my podcast where I talk about how some of the biggest companies in the world are actually promoting the idea of napping during the work as itself since they believe that this would increase the productivity of their employees. Companies like Google and uh, Mercedes-Benz actually and um, we firmly believe that if we have the support of Emory students we would be able to take this initiative uh, further ahead and um, actually do some good with Emory students since a lot of Emory students uh, when they try to pull off all-nighters rely on uh, the likes of caffeine and um, and people who don't have a place to sleep, they tend to sleep in weird and awkward positions, which tend to um, which tend to which tend to uh, further develop uh, postural injuries uh, like back injuries or even just general health issues. So um, I thank you today for being here, and I hope you tune into our next podcast. Thank you. Uh, today we have another student from Emory University, Alex, and we will be talking about uh, sleep and how it affects your day-to-day productivity. So Alex, how many hours of sleep do you get each night? Say six. Six, maybe five and a half. Oh, that's, that's, that's actually way less than the required amount of sleep that you should be getting each day. Uh, it should be around eight to nine hours. Do you think that uh, being a senior in college right now, you would be able to achieve that goal? I'll tell you what, I, I would love to do that, and I always tell myself, you know what, tonight's going to be the night where I get eight hours of sleep, mm-hmm. go to bed at a reasonable time, I wake up early, you know, kind of start the day right, mm-hmm. but no, it's always something that comes up is either you know, extracurriculars, mm-hmm. uh, homework, or anything else, but that always kind of takes over, because I think as students here, especially upperclassmen like me, I'm a junior, I think work really takes a toll on both your free time and your sleep schedule. Mm-hmm. So, but don't you think that not getting enough sleep actually affects the way that you work the next day? I think so, definitely. I mean, I, I noticed that I am less efficient. Mm-hmm. I'm less able to retain more information or new information, I should say. Mm-hmm. But I also feel as if everything is kind of behind like a fog wall. There's always an extra... Uh, need for a bit more effort to just complete something that I would not, you know, necessarily that I would be able to do without as much effort. And I think that's a massive problem because, you know, you have this, this deadly cycle where you have Mm -hmm. a lot of work and you get bogged down, you lose sleep because of it. And then the next morning you're really groggy and you have a lack of efficiency when you're working because of the sleep deprivation, 
and then you lose your sleep again because you're catching up work and you're not working at your peak performance. Exactly, and even in our uh, psychology podcast where Grace uh, leads the podcast by talking to us about how sleep deprivation actually affects the prefrontal cortex, which leads to a lot of uh, memory issues or even uh, decision-making problems. Uh, so, yeah, man, Alex, you should probably be getting like enough, like eight, at least eight to nine hours of sleep each day. Uh, we all have a lot of work, but um, napping is a solution, actually. Do you, do, you, do you take naps? I do. I take, I try and take uh, around, let's say, a 30-minute nap mm-hmm. per day, I'd say, once per day. Um, I find that, you know, like, that's, that's enough for me to kind of get myself back up to a relatively high uh, rate of efficiency. Mm-hmm. Napping actually helps with your productivity uh, and even just like helps you rejuvenate from a long day or something. And that is the reason that us, uh, Rise and Shine, are actually coming up with um, an initiative in collaboration with the Emory Services, Emory Library Services, where uh, we are in talks with them for um, implementation of these nap pods all around the library where students can actually take naps in their uh with privacy, um, since uh, these napping stations actually have, uh, they have like sections that divide each napping station, which is uh, just catered to your catered to you. So, do you think that these napping stations would be something that excites you? Yeah, I think that's that's great. I wish I had them when I was a freshman, but you know the thing is with like upperclassmen, as me as mm-hmm. a junior, is that if I wanted to go take a nap. And I want to feel, you know, I want to get a really solid 30 minutes of rest. Mm-hmm. I can't do that here because there's no real area. And if I do want to take a nap, if I'm really committed to it, I have to go all the way off campus mm-hmm. to Montclair. And that takes more time than I'd like to spend. So I think it's definitely not even a good idea. I think it's a necessary idea to mm-hmm. have nap pods in the library because it would definitely help upperclassmen and also freshmen who are getting used to their new college schedules. Yeah. And um, very well said. And I think that is the reason that we want to start this initiative on the Emory campus since we firmly believe that this will not only tackle the issues of sleep deprivation but also other uh, issues like uh, postural injuries because a lot of students actually tend to just sleep in awkward positions in the library which tend to uh, which tend to have a lot of like health uh, issues like back injuries or something like that and even uh, excessive caffeine use since uh, a lot of Emory students actually rely on ca- uh, caffeine to uh, not sleep throughout the night so that they can get their work done. So um, we need support of students like you to actually take forward this initiative so that we can actually go ahead with implementation of these nap pods. Well, you have my support. All right, perfect. Thank you so much, Alex, for being here. Thank you. All right. So these were only three of the many sleep-deprived students that we have at Emory University. And uh, And like we heard, uh, many of them don't get enough sleep since the workload is so much. But what students don't understand till now, and which I guess even I didn't understand till the time that this class was uh, introduced, um, that sleep is an actual, it's a very important phenomenon. And through this podcast, we believe that we can reach all the students on the Emory campus and talk about the drawbacks of sleep deprivation and how it actually affects the way that you perform in class. I mean, we cannot probably just blame sleep on bad grades, I guess, but uh, we can definitely uh, try to explain how sleep, how important sleep is and how it affects the way that you work. And we also believe through our initiative of the napping stations at the Emory Library, we can bring about a change that is absolutely needed 
And uh, we just need the support of all Emory students for this podcast and for the initiative. Thank you so much for having me. Signing off, Dhrumal Zaveri.